Welcome to the Habits of Leadership podcast, brought to you by Cut Through Coaching, helping leaders and their teams to thrive, professionally and personally. Hello and welcome to episode 46 of the Habits of Leadership podcast. My name is Dan Hasler from Cut Through Coaching and joining me today is Mr. Tim Perkins. Hello, Daniel. How are you in 2021? 2021. Um, pretty good, mate. Can't complain. It's uh, had a bit of a hiatus from the from the podcast. I think the last one we did was um, our chat with Kim Scott. And yeah, just had a... I was going to say I had a bit of downtime actually over, over the do, break. You don't do downtime, I don't, Hasla. I don't. I certainly didn't this over this Christmas break. So it's been, uh, yeah, it's been pretty full on. But podcast is back and it's back largely because you got a uh, an email demanding it come back yeah absolutely old steve quigley from uh, a high school in new south wales that we've worked with over time hello quiggers quiggers we're here because of you got a little email from steve i sent him an email a few days ago to just check in see how my mate steve's doing and uh, how life is up in the hunter valley and he wrote back and said i've heard this one and i've heard this one and when are you and dan gonna interview somebody else what's happening next on the habits of leadership podcast so you've catalyzed us into action steve indeed but we're not interviewing anyone because no. <laughs> we you know just us just us at the moment but we've got um you know a few ideas in the we pipeline we get on actually why yeah. don't we get steve on that would be interesting yeah i wonder if he'd be up for it yeah be interesting would anyone be up for it any any listeners out there what it'd be interesting to just hear I th- I'll tell you what would be interesting, actually, is to get some questions from um, the listening community, the audience, and as, as a way to really kickstart, I reckon, into 2021. Because I think maybe, and I don't know, but I reckon people will have learnt a lot. They'll have had a lot of insights as a result of you know the past 12 months in particular. And we know we've got people from all over the world who tune in. And I reckon it'd be interesting to if they wanted to share any insights or questions they've got. And we'll probably... F- firm this up a little bit but you know like any questions around leadership around habits around well-being you know peak performance anything like that i reckon resilience resilience yeah i think that's been a big key theme um particularly uh, you know over the last 12 months um yeah i reckon maybe we will officially right now put the call out um through the habits of leadership.com website on the uh, if you just go there and on the podcast page you can actually ask us anything and you can suggest guests you know you can suggest people who we might want to get on there but i think let's kick 2021 off with uh, a q a beautiful so yeah so if you've got any burning questions or insights things you want us to to chat about head over to habitsofleadership.com click on the podcast page and you can um put your suggestions questions comments in there but tell me perko what have you been up to over the uh the break that we've had it's really interesting when we think just before i get to the break it's uh it's interesting to think back 12 months Mm. because i think it was probably this episode 12 months ago maybe february where i I interviewed um andrew fuller dr andrew fuller psychologist psychiatrist uh child psychology expert And as you'll recall, Dan, we, um, we were talking about the bushfires. We were talking about the vicarious trauma that kids, uh, school kids might have experienced through the bushfires. And uh, he gave us some really great insights. Yeah. And at the very end of that interview, I think it was, it must have been February 2020, at the very in- end of that interview, I said to him, maybe next time we'll get you on, mm. we'll talk about this thing that seems to be developing, this coronavirus 
Um, and at the time it seemed like uh, maybe we won't talk about that. Maybe yeah. it'll just fizzle out and yeah. won't turn into anything. And as it transpires, it didn't fizzle out and it significantly turned into something that has changed and shaped and impacted all of our lives, right? Yeah, absolutely. So that was uh, episode uh, 21, if anyone's interested. And that was back on, as you say, February the 10th. So what is it now? Almost, yeah, that's bizarre because... As I said, we weren't planning on doing this chat until Quiggers gave us a nudge. So, yeah, yeah completely coincidentally, basically a year ago today, mm. you were chatting with um, Andrew Fuller. And obviously, um, those of you who have followed the podcast, and, and as we alluded to before, you know, resilience was something of a common theme throughout last year. And so we, we had the pleasure and privilege to chat with Lucy Hone. And we also put out a few different um, webinars and things on that on that topic. So, yeah, it's been, uh, it's always interesting to look back uh, particularly, um, yeah, when it's really hard to make sense of what's happening in the moment, and it kind of only makes sense when you when you look back. So yeah, yeah, interesting. So you asked me what I've been up to. So I'm working on my own well being, and um, you know we talk a lot about it. We talk a lot about um, the things that people can do to look after themselves. And so I've identified a few things that I can do to look after myself. And two of those, I love ocean swimming, Dan, mm. as you know. Mm. And I had a really interesting experience in the middle of last year where I heard a woman um, named Nicole Larkin do an interesting presentation on the research she'd done on the sea pools of New South Wales. Um, and so I made a resolution to myself that I was going to try. She identified 70 different sea pools in New South Wales that met the criteria to be part of her study. And I set myself the mad goal of trying to swim in all of those 70 sea pools, yep. which I don't normally do. I like ocean swimming, but mm. um, to get into the sea pools has been a bit of fun. So I think I'm up to about number 12 by now. Excellent. So if you've got a good one, if you're a listener, mm. I heard the other day that there's 13 sea pools in the Wollongong area. Mm. Uh, I swam in one of them last week down at um, Wambara. Yep. Beautiful sea pool at Wambara. Yep. And uh, so if you are familiar with one and you think, I wonder if I get Tim in the yeah. drink, yeah. I'll go in July when it's really <laughs> Ooh, cold. Toughen it out. I tough, like it. Toughen yeah, it. Yeah, nice. Um, because as you know also, Dan, I've been exploring the ice bath phenomenon. Mm. Some of you who've heard the Chris Lawrence interview know that uh, ice bathing is part of the repertoire these days, which is um, an interesting experience of developing resilience. Mm. But the other thing I've been doing for my own well-being, and we might chat about this for a minute, is um, reading. Because mm. I know when I'm in a good state, when I'm in a good space, when I'm not exhausted, I like to read. Mm. Um, and so I've been doing a bit of reading over the summer. What have you been perusing? Perusing. Well, two that I'll talk about very briefly here. One is one that you put me onto, Dan, which was Martin Seligman's book Flourish. Yep. And we're doing a lot of work around um, his work around positive psychology with organisations this year and so it was really great to sort of really delve into Seligman's work around mm. Flourish, you know, how we can live a life um, that really is taking us beyond surviving into into that realm of thriving yep. and allied with that in a way, I've just read a book by a woman named Olga Horek who's a Sydney cider who started her life in Czechoslovakia and ended up as a teenager in the concentration camps of Auschwitz and Bergen-Belsen and she survived those uh, concentration camps and she's now 
94 years old and living mm. in Sydney and she wrote a really interesting book of her experiences called From Auschwitz to Australia. Mm. Um, so, yeah, that's what's been interesting me recently. Yeah, okay, because I've been... Um, Funny you're talking about the the pools and then you yeah. segued into reading. So I, I, I've just finished a book called The Art of Resilience by an English chap called Ross Edgley. And Ross Edgley, um, I, don't, I don't know, don't come to me with your ocean pools in Australia, yeah. sunny, balmy conditions. This bloke swam around Great Britain and... <laughs> <laughs> and didn't see that didn't get out of the water like i mean he got out of the water to sleep on a boat but essentially he didn't touch dry land from the moment he set off to the moment he completed a one full circuit if that's the word of of that of, of great Lo britain lovely warm waters oh beautiful and it, the description of you know going through <laughs> um shipping lanes and tasting the pollution and yeah. um being th th some of the some of the stuff like the sea ulcers that you get on if you're just from being exposed to salt water for so long but the book as i said was called the art of resilience and um it's an interesting um read um, in and looks at you know some fairly uh, well established theories that or, or philosophies like stoicism for example um, but also then applies that to um, sporting performance and and specifically to be honest how to swim around Great Britain so it's a fairly it, it it's you know I read it as a fairly nuanced book um, it's around performance it's around swimming um, but if you're interested in resilience in general, and he does tell a good story, you know, it's a good story of, of doing something crazy like that. Um, but I've, I've already sort of started to um, use some of the thinking in, in the work we're doing with um, sporting teams, for example. There's some, there's some nice messages in there um, that really relate to the, the uh, relationship between mind and body, you know, and particularly resilience. And in sport, they often talk about this idea of being, you know, you've got to be comfortable when you're uncomfortable. And clearly, um, swimming around the British Isles is a fairly uncomfortable um, uh, situation. And so it's quite interesting to look at some of the things that he applied in order to get him get him through that. So that 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 was uh, my book I was, uh, got into. But I've more than reading a book, I've been spending most of my time kind of writing um, a book which has been really quite quite an um, an experience in itself is an experience in resilience in itself. Just uh, you know, it's uh, I I mentioned right in the intro that I didn't give myself a, much of a break to be honest. In fact, four days I carved out um, Christmas Eve, Christmas Day, Boxing Day, and the day after Boxing Day, and then every other day um, since we finished work in early December through to essentially the end of January um, was spent just locked away writing. And that was an interesting, um, you know, process to go through because um, what I've realized, of course, is I've been writing in inverted commas, I've been writing this book for the past five or six years easily, you know, with the podcasts, with the presentations, with the coaching work we do, um, it's all in there so it was really a process of okay well how do you get this out onto paper and I don't know if anyone's ever thought about writing a book or is maybe trying to write a book and one of the challenges I found was being faced with the flashing cursor on a blank white screen and I th and it, honestly like for every for, for someone who spends his whole life talking about mindset resilience you know and, and performing it was quite a, a revelation for me to realize that I don't like that I didn't like the blank page with nothing on it so a process I took 
um, and I'm not saying this is a process or a good process, but it's, it worked for me, was I basically just got the podcasts, transcribed the podcasts and put them on the page. So I had now words to work with. And when when you grab your own copy of the book in August when it's released, um, you'll notice it's not, the, I mean, it's obviously not the podcast, but it was really useful for me just to get some um, stuff down on paper. And it, it made me realize that you use this phrase a lot, you know, just spill some ink, mm. you know, just just start, just get something down and then work with that. And, and my, the editor who I'm working with said the same thing. He said, just, it's a lot easier to edit 5,000 crap words than the no good words you know what I mean yeah. so um so it, it's been really interesting it's been quite exciting in is I have a massive sense of accomplishment having yeah. churned out around 60,000 words obviously you've had a look at the first draft and you were relatively complimentary so <laughs> <laughs> so hopefully hopefully when it's released in yeah. in August through um through Wiley Publishing um it's going to hit the mark and, and hopefully people are going to find it um useful because that's that's all I really aim for. I just hope that things are useful that w that we put out there. Yeah, it's really interesting to change roles because, as you say, you know, you spend a lot of time talking to other people about mindset and resilience. If you can give us one lesson yep. you learned, Dan, yep. putting you on the spot here yeah, with yeah. this, it's a huge challenge to look at that. And yep. you know, as people who do PhDs, for example, similar sort of length to two, two or three hundred word uh, pages. Mm. Sorry, not words. As you say, about sixty thousand words. Mm. Um, what was what was one of your biggest learnings from yep. this experience? Just show up. Yeah, like it really was just show up. Like, the, um, and I got that from um, Dan Pink, who features in the book. Um, you know, he's, he's I read about his writing process. He's one of my favorite uh, writers in sort of like the leadership and human behavior motivation space and I was reading an article on how he goes about it and he says he just shows up he just turns up he writes 500 words so he's you know he, he writes a lot more than I do but his routine is he just writes 500 words and he doesn't attend to anything else in his working day until he's done those 500 words mm -hmm. and then he can go about whatever else is so I took a little bit of that and basically created a bit of a ritual so um I basically showed up. So I'm fortunate that we have a workspace here at Cut Through HQ. So I was able to get out of the house and essentially my ritual was I'm not leaving until I have um, a, a nominal figure, but a chapter essentially. So I was working, you know, and, and, and the, the ritual became that I would then walk back home and with with the printout of the um, of the chapter for, for my wife to have first read of it. And um, that was surprisingly powerful just to know that's how it was going to go rather than kind of umming and ahhing and, and sitting around and waiting for inspiration mm. and things like that. I think once I realized I'd been writing this book for five years in my head and going through presentations and going through watching talks on YouTube, which seems incredibly narcissistic and you realize how annoying your voice is when you hear it back to yourself. But, um, you know, being able to take that and then craft it into something readable, because obviously spoken word is much different from written word, but yeah, just honestly, just showing up. And so much of, I mean, again, that in itself is an Instagram meme, right? You know, so much of life is, 99% of life is showing up. Just get yeah. there. Just put yourself in the picture. Get your ass in the chair. Get your ass in the chair. Yeah. You know, get yourself in front of the person who you need to speak to. Get, you know, and, and yeah, that, and that that's it, the learning <laughs> that yeah. I had, which... Um, which, which is interesting for me because I've kind of always got that in other areas, but this idea of writing for me, for somehow it kind of had this 
well, I don't know what the word is, but that next step, you know, like, who am I to write a book that's going to be sold in a shop? You know, the first book I wrote was self-published. No one could tell me, yeah, he or nay, it's just there and people yeah. can get it if they want. And if, you know, and, and most, you know, people who've re read it seem to like it. Um, but now this is another step, you know, a publisher, mm. someone, you know, so this is now going to be edited by professional editors who are going to pull it apart, yeah, literally line by line. You're really exposing yourself. You've got Absolutely. to show some vulnerability yeah. to do this. Yeah. Um, which makes me think something interesting again without notice, Dan. One of the <laughs> one of the areas that we work with a lot of organisations about. One of the things we look at is this idea of automatic negative thoughts. Mm. What were some of the automatic negative thoughts that you might have uh, encountered yourself yep. in relation to actually writing this? Mm. You know, and was there a sense? You know. Um, as you said, I've read it and it, and it, I highly recommend it. And you know, the the role of me reading it was, I used to have a bit of a background in editing, and so one of the things you know, you asked me to read it with a critical lens. So, mm. um, and that's certainly what I did and tried to support you in that way. But it's um, a lot of people when they write, as you were suggesting a minute ago, have a bit of an imposter syndrome. Mm. Who am I to be writing a book, yeah. sort of thing? So what's and that, that was that was the overriding thing to start. Yeah. And probably even still now, because right now I'm in the editing process with the editor who essentially sends it back with, and I'm not making this up, thousands of revisions. But And that's how it comes up on um, Word. And and to be clear, a revision might just be an extra space or a comma or, you know, a change of formatting or whatever. But it's quite, it's, it's as, it's going like that flashback to school, you know, like you, you, you've kind of, um, you've handed it in and now, you're kind of hoping that there's not much feedback, but but actually I've and I was speaking with the project manager on the book before Christmas. I said I've been very deliberate in putting myself in that mindset where I want as much feedback on this as possible because I don't, you know, I, I I've put I've worked really hard on to put what I what in my head would I'd like to think of that. That's eighty five to ninety percent of the finished product. Like so, I pride myself on that, and I worked hard at that. But I'm absolutely open to this 10% or, what, or whatever it might end up being. And that's a nominal figure. I don't know how you quite make that up. But I've really opened myself up to it. I'm interested. So rather than hoping for good feedback, like, oh, my God, it's a great read, or and, and hoping that there's not too much thing, I really want the – how do you phrase this better? What does this mean? You've, you know, there's a lot of mental leaps you make when you're writing – that you assume other people have leapt with you and they get it, and it's quite nice to have someone else going – what on earth are you talking about here? How does this relate? And you go, oh, yeah, I've never thought of it like that. And being able just to craft another two sentences, yeah. which make it so apparent. And so for me, yeah, it's been quite an interesting process. You know, I should, you know, you preface this by saying, you know, I can remember being, I don't know, year nine or 10, and an English teacher just saying, you know, mate, you, you know, <laughs> you're rubbish, uh -huh. you know, not in those words, but just handing stuff back going, nah, you don't get it, you can't write, you know, even when I went into academic writing, you know, like uh, some feedback I got was, you know, you, and this was it, you write like a footballer. It's like, okay. As <laughs> long as they don't say you play football like, like a, a writer. Like a writer. <laughs> but no, it's been, it's been interesting to sort of get over um, that whole bit of, you know, um, who are you to write that? And then deliberately, as I say, open yourself up and say, okay, Give me your feedback and be, and be ready to learn from it, you know, without sounding too um, saccharine about it. But it's, you know, really living that idea of the growth mindset. I want to improve that. I want to. Mm. I'd, I've not handed that in thinking that's that's it. You know, yeah. I, I want to know how this can be better. So when it goes out in the world, it's going to be useful for people. Yeah, and you know, as we both talk about a lot, 
the mindset idea, so much of that is built on feedback. Mm. How do you get feedback? Who do you get feedback from? Mm. And that, that concept of kind, specific and helpful mm. feedback so that you can actually do something with it. Yeah. Um, Me and my wife's feedback when she read it, so she was getting it chapter by chapter. Yeah. And she, when she got to about chapter five, she just leant, leant over and said, it's starting to get better. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, Why, okay. thank you, dear. <laughs> That's your ex-wife, I presume. No. Yeah. yeah, it's interesting just thinking on that, the feedback and the mindset. Another um, great opportunity I had a couple of weeks ago was I um, did an interview with Jana Pittman, mm. as you know, ex-Olympian, um, um, world champion, 400-meter hurdler, a mm. um, couple of gold medals at Commonwealth Games and... She, she's a very interesting person to talk to because she, well, for lots of reasons, not the least of which she was an incredible athlete doing probably the hardest athletics race there is, the 400 mm. metres hurdles. Um, and she really looks back on her athletics career as a, with some degree of failure and disappointment because she never won an Olympic gold. She won everything else mm. over multiple years and actually, you know, ran at two Olympics and then ended up being a bobsledder at a third Olympics. Yep. High, high achieving um, person and has subsequently gone on to become a doctor. Mm. Um, fascinating. Recently graduated as a doctor, you know, right at the top of her class as well as, you know, just graduating yeah. wasn't enough nah. for Yana Pittman. Uh, also the mother of four these days. So, um, and she believes 100% in feedback for her. Mm. The whole idea is how can I get better mm. uh, with a, a confidence that she can improve. Uh, a real belief that she can improve through effort but also through really listening to feedback. She speaks very highly of all the various coaches she had over the years mm. and what she learns from other people, yep. uh, which is really, you know, that's the essence of, of mindset and yep. as we well know. And so talking to her about the concepts of mindset and resilience and how those – because she was plagued by injuries and the injuries came at absolutely the wrong time as far as the Olympics went, you know, one year an yeah. ankle, another year a knee – um, which really precluded her. She was, you know, she went into an Olympics as the world champion and as the absolute favourite to win the gold and then yeah. had a terrible knee injury and et cetera. So um, she's a, a living embodiment mm. of, you know, the power of a really positive mindset and, and the resilience that's required to, you know, um, have such a career as hers. So yeah. uh, we might get that um, audio onto our podcast yeah, in a great, yeah. future episode. Yeah, and, you know, we've got a few ideas of... Um Know, interesting people <laughs> to, yeah. to to get on, but as a, as we said at the start, if you've if you've got any suggestions, if there's someone you're going, oh, you know, you, I'd love to hear more from this person, or you've read a book by someone you think they'd be interesting for us to um, connect with on on the podcast, then as I said, if you head over to habitsofleadership.com and click on the podcast page, um, you can send us all your suggestions, and and don't forget, of course, those questions for. Um, um, for, for our next episode off. So our first proper episode mm. of 2021, we're going to dip into um, questions from the listening community. So, yeah, that's it. Just a quick one, just to really keep Quiggers happy, really. Mm. Uh, let him know that we've not completely dropped off the face of the earth. And um, if you have any questions, comments, um, or any insights that um, you'd like to share, habitsofleadership.com is the place to do that. If you like the podcast, it would be really good if you could officially like the podcast, wherever you get your podcast from on the platform. 
platform. You can rate it there. You can leave a comment there. And of course, subscribe there because by doing that just makes it so much easier for other people to find us. Um, we'll be talking more about um, my book as it comes to um, release date. And um, we'll be mentioning a little bit about Tim's book that he's working on, which is why he's been interviewing the likes of Jana Pittman and other really interesting people. But right now, thank you so much for listening. Thanks, Tim. Thank you, Dan. And take care. Take it easy. Bye.